I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today's reading is Numbers chapters 16 and 17. In chapter 16, we have some folks in the tribe of Israel there crying out for a democracy. Verse 1. Now Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, Sons of Reuben took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then, lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. Well, This is a very sophisticated, well-planned rebellion against the leadership of Moses and Aaron. We see in these three verses that here's the fundamental problem. Moses and Aaron were chosen and appointed by God himself to lead Israel. And Moses didn't make his decisions arbitrarily. God spoke to Moses, and Moses spoke to the people. Therefore, this form of government, we call it a theocracy. The prefix theo comes from a Greek word meaning God. And the Greek word kratos means rule or control. Now, by contrast, the Greek word demos means people. Now, let's put those words together to form some governments. A theocracy is a government ruled by God. And a democracy is a government ruled by the people. Korah, who was a Levite, was one of the four representatives that approached Moses on this occasion. But he had some reinforcements. Dathan, Abiram, and On. But wait, there's more. Apparently there had been a series of informal caucuses throughout Israel, and they'd selected 250 more Levite representatives of the people to stand with these four men. Hey, let's face it. The people of Israel were looking to abandon this theocracy under Moses in lieu of their own form of democracy. Verse 2 would indicate that these men were rather carefully selected for this purpose by the people of Israel themselves. Now, pay close attention to the wording in verse 3. In essence, they proclaim to Moses that his relationship with God is no greater than that of any of the other Hebrews. In other words, Moses, you're no holier than we are. Additionally, they accuse Moses of assuming just too much power. Well, let's do a review of responsibilities to help with our grasp of the gravity of this situation. Moses and Aaron were Levites, but only the direct descendants of Aaron could serve as actual priests. God said so. The world has always had its that's-not-fair crowd, and that's exactly what we have here. While the non-descendant of Aaron Levites served God in tabernacle duties, they could never be actual priests. Well, who made up that law anyway? Well, as far as they were concerned, it was Moses, who just happened to be the brother of Aaron, who just happened to be the high priest. Can you say nepotism? Yeah, but here it wasn't nepotism. It was God, not Moses, that appointed Aaron to be the first high priest. 
So Korah thinks electing priest is a better idea. Now, what do you suppose God thinks? Oh, um, incidentally, Korah doesn't survive this attempt to take over. He, therefore, becomes infamous in Scripture with dishonorable mention in Jude verse 11. It says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor, or Korah. Well, that's him, Korah. What's more, he's in pretty bad company here. Cain was the guy who slew his brother Abel in Genesis chapter 4, verse 8. And Balaam it was who assisted Israel's enemies in trying to corrupt Israel from within in Numbers chapters 22 to 24 and also chapter 31. So beginning with verse 4, Moses presents a plan to determine who is holy and who's not holy in Numbers chapter 16 beginning with verse 4. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face, and he spake unto Korah and unto all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his, and who is holy, and who will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. This do. Take your censers, Korah, and all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. You take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them? And he hath brought thee near to him. And all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee, seek ye the priesthood also? For which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord? And what is Aaron that ye murmur against him? And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, We will not come up. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land that floweth with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us? Moreover, thou hast not brought us into a land that floweth with milk and honey, or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Wilt thou put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. And Moses was very wroth and said unto the Lord, Respect not thou their offering. I have not taken one ass from them, neither have I hurt one of them. And Moses said unto Korah, Be thou and all thy company before the Lord, thou and they, and Aaron tomorrow. And take every man his censer, and put incense in them, and bring ye before the Lord every man his censer, two hundred and fifty censers, thou also and Aaron, each of you his censer. And they took every man his censer, and put fire in them and laid incense thereon, and stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron. And Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. All right, now let's put this into perspective. First of all, let's do a holiness check on these 250 leaders the Hebrews have selected to represent them. Well, there's the test found in verse 5. It says, And he spake unto Korah and all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy. 
and will cause him to come near unto him, even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. Well, the candidates are given censers, little bowls of fire and incense. Hmm, I wonder if those 250 would-be leaders have forgotten about Aaron's own two sons, Nadab and Abihu. Remember when they experimented with censers back in Leviticus chapter 10? Well, that didn't turn out so well. Moses then calls for two of the other main leaders, Dathan and Abiram. Well, they refused to come. They even mock Moses. In verse 15, Moses appeals to God. He asks God to have no respect for their offering. So here's the ground rules for the competition. You get your 250 people-selected leaders, all Levites, according to verse 7, along with yourself, Korah, and appear before the tabernacle tomorrow. Aaron will bring a censer as well. Lest you think this was a movement by a few crazy men, notice verse 19 that says, And Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Well, the people of Israel had chosen to follow Korah. Obviously, they really were trying to adopt some form of a democracy here through their rebellion. And they had elected their own holy men to head it up. Well, this is scary. Let's recall Numbers chapter 3, verse 4 that says, And Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered strange fire before the Lord. Well, the stage is set for a big event right before the eyes of all the Hebrews who've gathered around to see what's going to happen. Well, it's time for the vote now, beginning with verse 20. And it's time for God to cast his vote. Verse 20, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among the congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sins. So they get up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram on every side. And Dathan and Abiram came out, and stood in the door of their tents, and their wives, and their sons, and their little children. And Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of mine own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. And it came to pass, as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up in their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah, and all their goods, they and all that appertained to them, went down alive into the pit. And the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation." And all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them, for they said, Lest the earth swallow us up also. 
And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest, that he take up the censers out of the burning, and scatter thou the fire yonder, for they are hallowed. The censers of these sinners against their own souls, let them make them broad plates for a covering of the altar, for they offered them before the Lord, therefore they are hallowed, and they shall be a sign unto the children of Israel. And Eleazar the priest took the brazen censers wherewith they that were burnt had offered, and they were made broad plates for a covering of the altar. To be memorial unto the children of Israel, that no stranger which is not of the seed of Aaron come near to offer incense before the Lord, that he be not as Korah and as his company, as the Lord said to him by the hand of Moses. But on the morrow all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. And it came to pass, when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron, that they looked toward the tabernacle of the congregation, and behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them as in a moment. And they fell upon their faces. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer, and put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense, and go quickly into the congregation, and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord, the plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the congregation, and behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense, and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. Now they that died in the plague were fourteen thousand and seven hundred, beside them that died about the matter of Korah. And Aaron returned unto Moses into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was stayed. You know, as Bible reading goes, you've got to admit that this is one of the more interesting passages of Scripture. In here we see that God's first noted inclination is just to consume by fire all the Israelites who gathered around the tabernacle. But Moses and Aaron, like usual, they intercede. You see that in verses 20 to 22. He convinces the people to return to their tents. You'll notice that the Kohathites, those people of Korah, and the Reubenites of Dathan, Abiram, and On were all situated on the south side of the tabernacle. You recall from Numbers chapters 1 and 2 the, the layout that I had in the written notes of BibleTrack.org to show the situation of the tribes around the tabernacle. Well, Moses heads down to their tents and finds them standing with their families in the doors of their tents. He prays and asks God to cast his first vote in the recall election of Moses. Well, here's the proposition. If these men are right, then let them die natural deaths. But if they're wrong, let the earth consume them. The intensity of the situation mounts as Moses warns in verse 26. It says this, And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sins. Well, here's God's vote in verse 32. It says, And the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed them up, and their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah, and all their goods. Well, subsequently the people of Israel scatter for fear of their own lives. Oh, but what about the 250 people-appointed Levite men with censors? Well, they get an immediate trip to the land of Nadab and Abihu, just as back in Leviticus chapter 10. Whoosh! Wiped out by fire. All gone.
Verse 35 says, And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. Listen, friends don't let friends play with censers. So, with this miraculous demonstration by God under the direction of Moses, it's settled now, right? Well, not exactly. Look at verse 41. But on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, Ye have killed the people of the Lord. What? These Israelites are a more stubborn bunch than we thought. What are they thinking? And besides that, if by his own power Moses is able to orchestrate targeted earthquakes and massive fire from the sky on demand, wouldn't that be sufficient grounds for just conforming to Moses' wishes? Well, God has a solution in verse 45. Here's what he says. Get you up from among this congregation that I may consume them as in a moment. Moses and Aaron intercede again even after the plague to destroy all of them has begun in verse 46. Aaron, at the command of Moses, takes a censer and makes atonement for the rebel Israelites, but not before the plague takes out 14,700 of them. Now the push for democracy really is over. Here's the lesson learned. Never, never, never sue Moses for wrongful death, because the judge is biased. Well, let's have a vote now for confidence, a vote of confidence for Aaron in Numbers chapter 17. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take of every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers, of all their princes according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi, for one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony, where I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod, whom I shall choose, shall blossom. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, and every one of their princes gave him a rod apiece, for each prince one, according to their father's houses, even twelve rods, and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, and brought forth buds, and bloomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. And Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord unto all the children of Israel. They looked, and took every man his rod. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony, to be kept for a token against the rebels, and thou shalt quite take away their murmurings from me, that they die not. And Moses did so as the Lord commanded him, so did he. And the children of Israel spake unto Moses, saying, Behold, we die, we perish, we all perish. Whosoever cometh anything near unto the tabernacle of the Lord shall die. Shall we be consumed with dying? Well, we're still dealing with the aftermath of the rebellion that took place in chapter 16. Israel needs a definitive word from God declaring who's the God-authorized leader of Israel. Whose rod will blossom? Whose rod will bloom of the 13 tribal leaders here? Will it be Aaron's or maybe one of the others? 
They placed the rods in the tabernacle overnight with their names carefully inscribed thereon. Next day, surprise, it's Aaron's rod. And not just a small amount of growth either. Just look at verse 8. And it came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth buds and bloomed blossoms and yielded almonds. Now, that's pretty decisive. It would appear from verses 12 and 13 that the nationwide mutiny had been put to rest. That is evidenced in verses 12 and 13, which say, And the children of Israel spake unto Moses, saying, Behold, we die, we perish, we all perish. Whosoever cometh anything near unto the tabernacle of the Lord shall die. Shall we be consumed with dying? I guess that settles it. Finally, the people understand that there really is something special about the tabernacle, God's presence there, and the people God appointed to serve. Incidentally, according to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 4, Aaron's rod that budded was placed into the Ark of the Covenant along with the jar of manna and the tablets containing the Ten Commandments. It's seen here in verse 10. However, we see in Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 10, that at the time of Solomon's temple, when it was dedicated, it says, There was nothing in the Ark save the two tables which Moses put therein at Horeb, when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. Apparently, the manna and the rod had been removed prior to the dedication of Solomon's temple. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.